The Veterans Affairs Department is launching an online marketplace in January to show off more than 50 homegrown ideas, best practices, programs, and tools that were created by VA employees. The goal is to help other VA medical centers learn and then adopt some of these practices. Ryan Vega is the executive director of the Veterans Health Administration's Innovation Ecosystem, the organization behind the marketplace, and a two-day event in Washington this week. Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco spoke to Vega about how the VA innovation experience has grown over the past two years. One of the things that's exciting this year is really the exhibit hall. It's what's going on right now. And I think while it's amazing to hear some of the stories and to interact with the individuals who are leading this work, it's really different to actually hold a 3D printed heart, to put on virtual reality glasses and see some of the treatment designs for pain or PTSD, to interact with some of the technologies that are being deployed across the enterprise in, in this idea of mission-driven innovation. And I think that's really an evolution and a maturity of the event, in large part because we really want people to experience it. It's why we name it the VHA Innovation Experience. We want people to experience the innovations firsthand. Well, what better way than to have the exhibits on display? And I think that's something we're really excited about. Now, logistically, it's been kind of interesting. We've already learned how to make this better. But I think that's one area that will continue to grow. I know for me, as someone who came last year and is returning this year, it was interesting to just hear about some of the innovations that we heard about for the first time last year that you've announced have been implemented throughout the country. Can you talk about maybe some specific innovations that have really grown and expanded over time here? One of our strategic priorities is to build a more replicable model for scaling innovation. And when you look at healthcare writ large, on average, it takes, some people say a decade, some people say 15 years, some literature even says 17 years for innovation to truly scale and go from maybe one site to where it is in order, ubiquitous, or it's completely implemented at every hospital across the country and at the bedside, right? It's not sort of sitting in a box on a shelf, but it's really at the bedside reaching the patient. So it takes far too long. And there's lots of reasons. It's not unique to government. It's not unique to, to just healthcare, but the fusion of innovation is something that's been around in industries for a long period of time. So what we've seen and, and what we've really been excited for are those one or two use cases that have really just scaled at a very, very fast pace. 3D printing comes to mind. When you look at the advent of 3D printing in VA, one or two sites, maybe three were printing, and now we have a network that's grown to over 30. From a scaling perspective, that's actually enormous because the amount of technology and the resources and the expertise it takes to do 3D printing and the, the quality and to ensure that, that the precision of the replicable model is there, it's enormous. And so the fact that it is scaled that large, I think, is a testament to the network and I think also a testament to some of the innovation infrastructure that exists with VA. If you look at another practice that has really scaled quickly was rapid naloxone. Rapid naloxone was started in the Boston VA Health System. They implemented a simple solution, putting naloxone in AED kits, not on the ward floors or not in the ED, but in AED kits in the cafeteria, maybe right outside the hospital, and then started equipping police to carry naloxone. This spread to over 117 medical centers in under a year. It partnered with the Office of Rapid Naloxone Education, OEND, and the combined forces of those two programs, we've seen close to 900 opiate reversals, and that's 900 lives saved. So I think the scale and the speed of which these practices spread and the impact that they're having is really exciting. So can you talk about how that happens, how an idea that maybe starts with one or two VA employees 
gets to this stage where you're all talking about it here, this innovation experience event, and then it grows and expands to other VAs around the country? We try to be strategic. Innovation in the beginning is really messy, and you sort of want it to be chaotic. It's a lot of discovery and testing and validation, but we do focus on an operating model, some principles that we believe a lot of this starts with discovery. And and it's discovery in the notion that it's not an idea I may have or a hypothesis I may have. It's acknowledging that there's an existing problem, but also recognizing where that problem's coming from. Veterans, caregivers, going to them, asking them, what problems are you facing? What are you experiencing? And trying to solve a problem for them. So we use a program called Sparkseed Spread to really invest in early ideas. It can be a very small amount of money, an idea that it's just an idea, it's not even written out on paper, all the way to projects that are spreading to multiple hospitals or even throughout a network. Um, And we invest in the spread of those practices to really understand the ones that are maturing through the model and the ones that are ready for both replication and scale. We also use diffusion of excellence as a, as a mechanism to help replicate and to help scale practices. But sometimes a lot of this becomes organic. And as things move through the maturation process of innovation, we see just a lot of excitement building. And if you have leadership, if you have sort of an infrastructure and a culture of innovation, and you can help put guardrails, you don't want to really drive the car, but you really want to put some guardrails up to help steer these practices in the right direction, And you get out in front, which means that we as leaders and as a program have to knock down barriers. We have to incentivize and remove obstacles to scaling and spreading. We tend to see these practices proliferate uh, a lot faster than we were in the past. It was interesting to me to hear yesterday some of the presenters talk about well, you know, we asked for some funding for this particular program last year. We didn't get it, but here we are. We're still talking about it. We're still working on it. I'd imagine that that's probably something that, frankly, you encounter a lot where you don't have unlimited funding to just share to everybody. But can you talk about that, about some of the ideas or innovations that maybe haven't quite gotten to the next level, but the team is still working on it. One of the things we're really excited about this year in the Sparkseed Spread program, for the first time, we saw a large number of zero dollar investments. So these are individuals who aren't asking for money. But what's happening is, is that people are recognizing that it's more to just money. It's more to just an investment. And even if we had unlimited resources, not every idea is ready to, to have an investment. So we have to be not only good stewards of taxpayer dollars, but we should think of this as sort of like a venture capital firm. You're just not ready. But there's still a lot you can do to validate that your solution is ready to prototype. And I think this goes back to that notion of getting zero-dollar investments. Why are people coming to this program? Well, for a number of reasons. There's access to a network. There's access to opportunities to tell your story, to meet other folks who can help bring your idea further along to where it is ready for an investment. And we also are now partnering with FedTech to deliver our Catalyst program, which is really going to give individuals some competencies around, look, I've got a really good idea, but is it the right solution? And so that's really, I think, what's important is it's taking a leap behind what's a really good idea to is it the right solution to implement for the veteran, for the caregiver, or for the workforce. And so I think that that's really the notion is there's so much these individuals can still do that doesn't cost a dollar. Can you talk more about FedTech? What is it? How does it work? How are you using it? Sure. So so they're a program that we've been partnering with for a while and now sort of have a, a formal partnership. Well, they'll deliver our Catalyst program. So they are what we, we consider sort of experts in the ideas and the competencies around Maybe it's the art of the pitch. Maybe it's how do you really validate and test, test models, go through 
good human-centered design processes. And so partnering with them gives us a whole unique opportunity to expand this training to tens of thousands of employees where our reach may have been limited, and now we can enroll all of our investees into this training program for five or six months and know that they'll go through some formalized curriculum, structured curriculum, by individuals who are, who are experts in this area. The diffusion marketplace, I think you all talked about it just the other day. What is it and why did you decide to launch it this year? So we had this notion, and it sort of starts with the premise that people interact with the world in a certain way, and a lot of it is buying and selling, and now it's online retail. So Amazon's really taken over the world. And in an organization that is so geographically dispersed, how do you get ideas and solutions connected to the individuals who may be interested in knowing what is somebody down the street doing. And so the notion was, could we build an Amazon-like marketplace for best practices in the VA? And so that was the, the premise. And then we've gone through multiple iterations to really develop the Diffusion Marketplace, which is right now 53 evidence-based or vetted practices that have been replicated in more than two sites. And it sort of lives in a marketplace. It's the feel of buying something online. And it has a couple of other elements where you go on, you see the practice, you can see how much it costs, what the complexity is. This is actually something really important that we don't ever talk about. So I may know what my neighbor down the street is doing, but I don't know how much it costs. I don't know if it's right for my facility. Making all that information now transparent in a mechanism or a format that we all sort of interact with the world on on a day-to-day -day basis, we think is really powerful for not only connecting people across the country, but for helping spread these practices and to spread them to markets that are really interested, really proliferating that organic diffusion. We're going to launch this formally in January 2020. It'll be open to all of VA employees across the country, and then we have some other ideas for how to make this even more enjoyable experience for the user. Ryan Vega, Executive Director of the Veterans Health Administration's Innovation Ecosystem, speaking with Federal News Network's Nicola Grisco. Check out Nicole's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Pop quiz. What can you buy for $3.99? Not a latte, but for less than the cost of a cup of coffee, you can get all your favorite music ad-free. While other streaming services jack up their prices, Live One's membership is only $3.99 per month and you can lock in that price for a full year. Join now to get the best deal in music with zero ads, unlimited skips, and maximum audio quality. Get the music you love at a price that fits into your budget with Live One Plus. Check out liveone.com slash best music for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast1 to learn more and start your free trial.